welcome to um, um, my podcast. It's called Adam Talks Podcast. Mm -hmm. Very cheers for having me. Um, no, thank you for doing it because you've gone out a bit of a spell. Um, I was going to say, um, introduce yourself to people who don't know who you are because um, a lot of the people won't. A lot of the people who will be listening, hopefully, um, aren't from Scotland. They're from London, and because they're Londoners, they only care about themselves. So, <laughs> no bother. <laughs> uh, my name's Chris McQueel. I'm a author from Glasgow. Great, that was brilliant. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Chris Got McQueel. Me. I'm an author from Glasgow. You're not just an author anymore, though, are you? Uh, no, I've been um, I've been writing plays, and um, I've been I've had my first book was adapted for the telly, so I, I kind of wrote the the screenplays for it, and I kind of narrated it as well, like Rod Sterling style in the Twilight Zone. Um, I was kind of in it as a wee kind of narrator, um, and, so I've been doing that. And how how did that translate um, between uh, writing uh, two um, really well selling books to then screenplays? What differences were there between the two? Uh, it was, it was really, really <clears throat> totally different. Um, I'm that used to writing, you know, fiction and you're putting it on a page and as long as you can kind of imagine it, you can write it. As long as you can write it in, basically you can make anything happen. Yeah. Whereas then you're moving, it, you're moving it to television and there's all these constraints on these things that you didn't think would be an issue. You know, certain locations you can't use. You need to think about, you know, how, how do you get a camera moving around that environment? Can you get um, the cast? Can you get people to fill these roles? Can you can you do this? Is that possible? Will you need CGI to do that? And all these things all kind of affects the writing process a wee bit, but it, it, um, it helps you strip everything down. And because you're writing comedy, you just want it to be really simple, get to the, the point of the jokes, and it strips away all the kind of extra fluff that you don't need, and it forces you to kind of just try and be funny, basically, which is, is quite good. Yeah. And I suppose you've got to um, put in in screenplays the action as well. So Bob, Bob goes to the chippy and blah, blah, blah. And it, it slows the whole writing process down because I imagine you're one of these writers who needs to get into a flow when they're Aye, really writing. So, so would you say it was a, a difficult but a fun learning experience then? Aye, definitely. It was, um, it was definitely fun. I loved every minute. Um, I was. I found it really difficult, you know, because you're, you're having to, you know, spell everything out. There's no room for, kind of, interpretation. It just has to be this happens, this happens, this happens. It has to be everything, you know, from everything down to where the characters move to. You need to try and kind of visualise it in your head, and you know, how am I going to make? How do I make this work? How do I get a character from point A to point B? You know, in, in a book, you can just, you know, you can miss all that out. You can just jump to the next paragraph yeah. and it'd be done. Just kind of fill in the gaps, but when it's on screen, you need to make it really obvious, and it was really good. I really enjoyed it. So I think I've definitely learned things from writing for the telly that I can use in writing books as well. So hopefully, this has, been a fucking, this has been a fucking crazy roller coaster for you, isn't it? From the first time I was introduced to you, um, you were we were in some hippie hippie bar in Glasgow, full of vegans and mm -hmm. uh, and lesbians. Oh, fuck yeah, that's right. <laughs> 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 That's when I first met you. And then it just seemed to take off. Um, your first book, Hings, was out. I got that. But I got it on interestingly. I don't know if you're allowed to say this or not. And if you aren't, then you can just uh, 
I'll take this bit out. But um, um, you were saying if you're getting things, um, try avoid buying it off of Amazon um, because of how little they, how little you get back in return from the work that you've done. Aye, that's right. Uh, there's something happening right now um, in London, I think it's going to be a big court case about the streaming services mm. and uh, as a result Amazon oh, yeah. and all those because artists like uh, if you stream on Spotify, they're getting 0. 0.0003 pence um, for every every stream for their work, so I think they're doing something about that, right. it just interests me so you did Hings which is a collection of short funny stories and then uh, you did Here We Fucking Go, or as English people will read it, H-W-F-G. That's what they'll think. Aye. Aye. Um, what's the difference between the two, reception-wise, do you think? Um, I think my first book, it was kind of, looking back at it, see when I read it back now, I kind of, I kind of cringe a wee bit when I read some of the stuff because it was all very raw and it was all kind of, I was quite new to writing. So the stories that are in my first book are just the kind of first stories that I ever wrote. And um, I think, I don't know, maybe came a wee, maybe a year or so too soon. You know, I think if I had another year's kind of just writing practice under my belt, I could have made it better. Well, but, having um, said that, obviously, obviously delighted with how it went and stuff. Yeah, um, but having said that, like, I, th I think the yeah. success of it was the fact that it was raw. And it was genuine. I think that that was the success of it, don't you think? I I think I think it, think it could have been. I I think it kind of resonated <laughs> with people who were kind of maybe felt a wee bit um, like alienated by kind of they kind of well, sometimes. Well, it's very classical focused. Aye, aye. Um, some people are kind of put off books by the kind of elitism and snobbery round about it, and I think my book kind of cut through that and it reached a lot of you know people who hadn't read anything since since they've left secondary school, school, high school, yeah. which is really good. Um, and then I wrote the second book after I had went to college to kind of study creative writing. So I was really trying to get better. And um, I think that kind of came through in the book. I was all like the kind of reviews said, you know, it's, it's much better written. The stories are kind of better paced and stuff. And I'm really, really happy with that, um, the feedback that I got on the second book. So hoping to just kind of build on everything I've learned over the past couple of years. So after, so after Hings came out, um, mm -hmm. you went to writing college? Hi, I went to study creative writing at, uh, oh, wow. at Glasgow College. I, um, you went, fuck, now that this is published, I'm going to actually have to do this. <laughs> is that I, what you <laughs> Basically, man, I, I was like, <laughs> uh, like, I just, I want to, I want to get better, you know, I'm kind of, I've threw myself into this, I'm doing it for a living and I want to make sure I can do it to the best of my abilities and I just, I always want to keep learning I feel like once you kind of think oh that's me I've made it I don't need to you know try anymore yeah. that's when you kind of that's when you're fucked basically <laughs> yeah so all about learning but that's why I like the fact that immediately from these two books that have been successful you've gone on to uh, writing plays uh, mm -hmm. to screenwriting for fuck's sakes and got 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 one of them published well mm -hmm. essentially um they're, when will that come out then or are you not allowed to say what's that when will what come out the the tv thing oh that's already out um hings is on the bbc iplayer oh because i'm out here in italy i'm not able to see any of that shit oh, so I can't, I can't I see anything on 
The Hings is oh, already oh, out. Oh, Aye, <laughs> that came out uh, for about this time last year. Um, oh, fuck off. Been on, yeah. It's been out that long. Aye, man. Aye. <laughs> well, this just shows you how much research I do, Chris. Aye. <laughs> Well, so so what's next then for you? Uh, I'm writing my first novel just now, which I'm finding fucking really difficult. I've been at it for about two years, man. Um, it's just totally different for writing short stories, you know. I yeah. sat down to write my novel and I was thinking to myself, well, what is a novel really? It's just a longer short story. Yeah. I thought <laughs> it'll be simple, easy as. And then I spent about a month. I kind of first draft and I got maybe like 10,000 words in it. I was like, fuck me, like I've told the whole story in 10,000 words. This, it needs to be like six, <laughs> seven times longer than this. I'm fucked. I can't do this. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went back, scrapped it, tried again. And uh, second kind of draft came in. I felt like I was just padding stuff out. I was like, this doesn't need to be. I was that used to writing short stories where you just strip, every, strip everything away. You know, you're just getting down to the, the basics, the very essence of the plot. And then all of a sudden I had all this room to develop characters and, and plots with a novel. I'm just kind of overwhelmed by it, but now I'm kind of, I'm getting in there. So this is like two, two and a half years I've been at it and I'm about halfway through now. So it's nearly there, nearly have, there. Have you found a certain process that works for you? Because a writer uh, that I met, met, the guy who wrote um, play Beautiful Thing, right? It's this, right. Uh, it's this gay play. Um, but the guy who wrote that, he said his best piece of advice was um, when you, you write it all, um, then take the first half of your novel or your um, play and put it in the bin and <laughs> don't look at it because right. by the second <laughs> half, by the second half, you know who your characters are, and then mm-hmm. you start the whole fucking thing again and do that three or four times. Uh, right, eh? And I was like, that is hard. That sounds good, going. actually. I, think, I know that is hard going, but that does sound like it would work because even when you're writing a kind of long piece, you become a better writer as you get to the end of it, just naturally. So the kind of the second half of the book will be stronger than the first mm-hmm. across your first draft. So that's quite good advice, actually. I mean, I think you could take that on board. It's, um, and uh, what's he doing? What's his name again? Timmy. This is Timmy. Yeah, he's coming down. <laughs> oh, speaking of Tim's, um, how, how are you feeling after that game, Celtic Rangers? I'm still fucking. Dis- Oh, I'm distraught, Adam. I'm distraught. I'm furious. Celtic, just, they've let me down big time. They were so bad. They were so bad. They played like they were hungover. Like, <laughs> that was awful. It was so bad. But, see, um, see, I'm I not, I mean, I'm not uh, that, I, I'm your cliche gay guy. <laughs> I'm not that up to football, but I do support Celtic. <laughs> but this time round, I, I did guess what the score was going to be. I guessed exactly. And my mum, uh, as a result, has wow. disowned me. She's disowned me because she was like, "How could you go against it? <laughs> it's you that it's you that jinxed it, Adam." So yeah. Aye. <laughs> well, what else is new then? Uh, what else is on the card for you? Uh, when do you think the novel will be finished? I know that's hard to say, really. Have you got um, a deadline? Aye, it was about a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> Deadline's about a year ago. <laughs> um, just kind of working away at it. Hopefully, ideally, I want to finish it this year. Um, so that's kind of end of December is my, my own deadline. I'll be quite annoyed at myself if I missed that. Um, and then it's a case, of, I don't have a publisher for it yet, so it'll be a case of touting it about and seeing who's interested and taking mm-hmm. it for there. So it could be a long process, but um, it'll be worth it. I'm really happy with it. I feel like it's the best thing I've, I've written so far. And I'm really, really happy. With it. I think it's a good story and I'm, I'm really chuffed with how it's going. Is it just as uh, comical and funny? 
No, I'm kind of moving away from moving away oh, from nice. comedy. I felt like I um, I wrote the first book and I kind of made it funny and I enjoyed making it funny. And then I wrote the second book, and the first draft of my second book was was terrible because I was trying too hard to be funny. You know, see, That's the curse of the like, second. I really try to force. Yeah. I I man, it's like trying to force the humour. And when I read back the kind of draft in my second book, it just it felt like a parody of my first book. You know, it was it just the jokes all kind of fell flat. So I just I scrapped it, and then I tried to go a wee bit darker and a wee bit weirder. Um, no necessarily funny stories, just trying to make stuff that was that was weird stuff that I would I would like to read. Just tried to write the book that I would like to read, basically. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed writing it a lot more than I did the first book. So when I sat down to write the novel, I had this idea, and um, I still get kind of wee flashes of humour through it. But at heart, it's a kind of dramatic story. Um, I love writing it. I love tapping into, being able to tap into different emotions. You know, I'm trying to make people feel things other than just trying to, you know, make them laugh. I can try to make them cry and make them really scared. And oh, it's, it's great fun, man. It's great fun. Yeah, make them feel something. Yeah. Um, Aye, that's the thing. Aye. I suppose, will, so this will appeal to, and shout at me if I'm, I'm wrong here, but this will appeal to a wider audience than... Central Scotland? Are you aiming for an audience that, that um, encompasses the whole of the UK almost? Because a lot of your 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 humour in the first book, and you, I know you've said that there isn't going to be um, as much, it's not going to be humour focused in this novel, um, but it was very Glasgow Scottish type humour to it. And I think Aye. that's why it... So, so this one, is it going to appeal to a, a wide, wider UK audience, I suppose. Is that right? Um, I, hope, I hope so. I, um, I've kind of, it's still like, so it's told, it's like two different characters, points of view, telling the kind of same story. So it switches between them. Um, and all the kind of internal monologue is written in, you know, English, proper English, and then the dialogue is in Scots. But, um, yeah. And it takes place in Glasgow and London as well. So I, hopefully it will kind of appeal. I'd like to kind of, um, Know, broaden the readership a wee bit. It's very, very Glasgow focused at the minute. You know, we have smart readers in Edinburgh, Aberdeen, Dundee, Inverness, and then yeah. not really much at all south of the border. So I would like to kind of try and reach the wall and get down there and try and, you know, mm. show that there's more to me than just kind of stereotypical Glasgow humour. You know what I mean? Trying to. Yeah. Hi. Uh, and um, <laughs> and what, what's your process? Do you find it easier to write at the dead of night or early morning? Or whenever you get. I write better. <laughs> I, I'm a man of leisure, Adam. You know, I'm a writer. I get up and I want. <laughs> um, I find I write, I write a lot better at night. Um, during the day, I've got like, admin stuff to do. I've got the dog to take care of. I need to like, tidy up and stuff. Like, all the tasks. And I can't do anything. I can't sit down to write until everything's done. Like, mm-hmm. everything, absolutely everything has to be put to bed and done. And that's normally kind of half eight, nine at night when everything's finished and done. I can settle down. And that's when I feel like I can really concentrate on my writing. Because yeah. if, if I try and write when there's like stuff hanging over me, I'll just abandon writing and I'll go and do these other things to distract myself, procrastinate. Yeah. So I need to just, I just do everything during the day and then sit down at night. So you de- do you set targets when you sit down at night? Do you say, I'm going to re- finish this chapter or I'm going to write 2,000 words here or there or whatever? Um, not really. I just, just kind of write until 
to kind of run out of ideas or I get too tired basically I just kind of I just keep going I just I don't really set targets or anything it's easier that way um, mm. and I like to you know when I feel like I've written everything that I, that I can that night we're trying to think you know right what am I going to write tomorrow night we're trying to think now mm. just write me kind of bullet points where the story's going to go next and then I'll sit back down the next night and you've been thinking about it all day in the back of your mind it's all kind of percolating and formulating in your head and when you sit down right you've got all these ideas you're ready to go you know where you've left off I just ready yeah. to go again um I, I started writing down believe it or not I did do a tiny bit of work I started writing down a list of questions <laughs> but do you know what inevitably Aye. happens um I, I've, I've watched a few interviews and listened to a few other podcasts from far more professional mm. podcasters than me um <laughs> and I still don't call myself a podcaster I'm just doing this out of boredom essentially but um <laughs> the same question always kept, keeps cropping up um and it's like have you got any advice for new writers and and, and they always I, ask that and i'm like stop stop asking him that question because I, I don't I think don't. you do you feel like an experienced well-written author yet or do you still feel like i'm still finding my fucking feet <laughs> i like i like i, I don't really I would, I wouldn't know where to start. I don't really know where to start. And somebody says, "What advice do you have?" Because I've, I've just kind of, I've just fell into this. Basically, you know what I mean. I was just, I was writing stories, putting them on the internet. People liked them. Then a publisher picked them up, and then it was just a kind of whirlwind for there. You know what I mean? I've no, I've not been through the proper. Well, I need to go through it in my novel, but I've not been through the process. of like, you know, pitching your novel to uh, publishers and waiting months to get a rejection letter and stuff. I've never been through that, so. I, I'm just winging it. Like I don't know. My only advice. Yeah, like, I don't know. <laughs> I've done um, three no, no tiny. Ac- sorry, sorry, carry on. No, sorry, there you go. No, I, I've just saying because I've done three tiny acting jobs, <laughs> and already people are asking me what advice can you give other people, and I'm like, no, I <laughs> fuck all. I can't give them fuck all. I'm still a waste of space. <laughs> I still drink too much and smoke too much. Fuck all. I know, man. It's a funny one, especially when you when you feel quite new in the industry. Like, I don't know, like, what, what do you want me to say? There's no kind of magic formula. There's no, like, yeah. piece of advice that's going to change your life and make everything easier for you. Like, I don't, I su- I don't know, you just need to graft. Just, uh... I suppose the, the biggest challenge for you as you were saying um you've got to punt it to them and uh, wait eight months for the rejection letter mm-hmm. if there's going to be mm-hmm. a rejection letter i suppose for I, you it'll be have you have you felt rejection already with your work have you experienced um, rejection quite lucky just feel like in terms of my books that was just um it was a publisher kind of approached me for my first book and then the same publisher published my second book so that was no bother. But I've had, you know, loads of rejections for like um, magazines that you submit to. You know, you send a short story yeah. to a magazine, hoping to get it published. That's a you kind of credit to your name. It makes you look good to publishers. And um, I've got a stack of rejections for them. Yeah. Uh, so how do you cope with the rejection? Like it's 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 fine. Like um, your stuff, no matter what you write, like it's not going to be for everybody. You can't cater to everybody's tastes. But um, if you just keep at it, like, you know, people will accept your writing and people will say, that's really good, and they will publish it. You just need to keep at it. Rejections will kind of knock your confidence a wee bit, but you just need to take it as a challenge to improve your writing and 
you just think to yourself, right, well, they've rejected that. Well, I'll go and write something better that yeah. they'll really like and then see what happens with that and just, just keep at it. And you just want to always keep trying to get better. And uh, suppose... You get to the point where people cannot. Funny I suppose the, yeah, uh, the, the final question... Is this a question? I don't fucking know. But because you're a Glaswegian, because Aye. you're a Glaswegian and a proud Glaswegian, do you get people now? Because because I get it, and I already know the answer. Do you get oh oh you've you published a book? Do you think you're better than all of us? Do you get that attitude from your mates? Hundred percent, hundred percent. It's weird because you know. Before I went to any of these uh, events or anything, I was telling my pals about my book coming out and all that, and they're all like, "Oh, good for you! You fucking, you think you're better than us, all that kind of stuff." And then I went to the, I went to the events, and like, it was the complete opposite. Like these people, these really middle class posh people at these kind of book events, they thought I was like a fucking caveman, like a savage. <laughs> like, and they were just their mind was blown that somebody with an accent like mine had had written a book. They couldn't comprehend it and. It was just mad. So I just exist in this kind of grey area where, you know, one one section of my life thinks I'm a fucking posh gun and the other section thinks I'm a total caveman savage. Oh. It's mad. Well, that, that's what it was <laughs> like for me when I was working in East Aye. End and a bar in the East End of Glasgow. And I'd be like, hello. That's right. You worked in the real McCoy, didn't you? <laughs> I did. Yeah, but, uh, Amazing. I, when I first got there, I was like, hello, sir, what can I get you? And they used to look at me and go, who the fuck are you? <laughs> then he called me, mind. sir. And I'm like, oh, shit, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Fucking hell. I don't um, know. <laughs> oh, it's been good to chat to you. And I know it's been short. Oh, it's been um, but that's probably ideal. Um, mm -hmm. Every time I keep telling people um, I'm going to do a podcast, they're like, why? That's the first thing, <laughs> first thing they say. And I'm like, I don't know. And I, what, what, what's the purpose of it, Adam? I don't really know. I just want to <laughs> just want to talk to people on podcasts. What, what, what the fuck's the problem here? I didn't realise it was going to cause so many issues for people. I know, um, <laughs> That was good. So, well done. I really enjoyed thank you that. For Thanks on. very much. Cheers. And um, I look forward to the book coming out, the novel. Cheers, Adam. Thank you very much, mate. I'll Hopefully see you soon, Chris. See you later, mate.